Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Undivided, episode number 44, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals, and speeches for all things spoken audio. It's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after the episode here tonight, and there's a drop-down menu box over to the right. Enter Life Coach Radio Network to enter for a free 30-day trial of audible.com that's audible.com the sponsor of our program undivided here on the life coach radio network and we are live here on 7 p.m on the east coast welcome to undivided i'm your host frank chamaduri and again this is episode number 44 with karen natasha as our special guest breaking the cycle of desperation is the title and topic of our episode which i will explain in a moment it is april 17th in the year 2019. First, the disclaimer for tonight's program, the views of Undivided, episode number 44, Breaking the Cycle of Desperation, may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri. My guest this evening, the before-mentioned Karen Natasha, may not be her views, and it may not reflect the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. So now that we've moved beyond the disclaimer, again, welcome into our show. I hope it's been a good couple of weeks for all of you since we were last on the air and connected together, which does seem like a long time ago that Minu Hexbor came on our program live from Beirut. She got herself up earlier in the middle of the night to do that program, which I really, truly appreciated. And we find ourselves here on April the 17th, and it's You know, kind of a strange week. A lot of people are winding down. It's a holiday week uh, for our Jewish listeners. It's Passover's beginning this weekend. Of course, for our Catholic and Christian guests, we have the uh, Holy Week, and today is officially the last day of Lent. Then we will begin the Tritium, uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, culminating everything on Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday. So what do we talk about with breaking the cycle of desperation? What do we mean? Well, uh, Henry David Thoreau had a quote, the mass of men lives 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 of quiet desperation, excuse me. And that's essentially living at scenarios that are monotonous. There's a certain apathy there. There could also be a certain fear. It's staying stuck in a job or in a path in life, a career path maybe that's unfulfilling unchallenging, maybe you're unmotivated, going through the motions, having fear of change, fear of the unknown, and then also you sprinkle in fear of, fear of failure, excuse me, and fear of risk, you know, risk-taking. I don't know if I want to go out on the limb and do that. I don't want to change jobs. What if, what if I don't like it, you know, uh, to a degree that's worse than the one I'm in? 
you know, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't type of expression. Matthew Kelly, who's a uh, Catholic author and uh, speaker, also talks about this a lot. People living lives of quiet desperation, sitting in their cubicle, kind of waiting for the week to end. Very kind of sad, lonely, almost like a humdrum monotony to life versus having faith and trust in God to step out on the limb, to go out there and put yourself out there. So we're going to talk about the role of the spiritual connections tonight uh, as we delve into all these uh, scenarios. And for people that have been stuck in a job, you'll be familiar with this. And for people that might know someone that just seems like they're stuck in a rut, kind of stuck in a, in a very unmotivated, unchallenging situation, and you say to them, why don't you go out and do this? Why don't you utilize your gifts or your talents to do that? Oh, no, what if I, what if I fail, you know? So that's part of the discussion that we're going to have tonight. So our special guest this evening is Karen Natasha. I'm going to get her up in a minute. She's been patiently holding. Uh, Karen has experience working for corporate uh, business development, marketing experience, uh, she's going to guide us through this topic and share some of her experiences. She's taken a leadership and career experience to use it as a platform to help others with personal development. She now runs a coaching practice and is a career success coach. So we're going to talk to Karen about that, how she helps her clients in productivity, time management, feeling unstuck, getting motivated, and also with leadership. Karen, welcome to Undivided. Hi, Frank. How are you? Great. How's it going? Good. Can you hear me well? I can. Uh, likewise? Okay. Yes, perfect. We're doing good. Glad to be here. You'll get used to the delay. There's a small delay. You'll get okay. used to it. Well, Great. welcome to the show. Thank you so much for doing this. I know we've talked about it for a while. I know. I'm so happy to be here. The day is finally here. I'm excited. The day is finally here. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. You must have felt like a little kid on Christmas morning this morning. I know. That's right. I uh, am. I am. I'm a big kid. Nice. So, you know, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're now going to enter the first segment of our program called the divide segment. You know, so many people struggle with this feeling of being trapped or stuck in a job or in a career path that either pays really well. I've had guests on this show in the past that have said that, oh, I was in this job, the pay was great or the benefits were awesome. So I was riding that, that gravy train essentially for a while. Yet they're totally unfulfilled or they dread other elements of the job. There have been other guests on here who said, oh, I dreaded the quarterly reports or I hated this, quote, unquote, hated this part of the job. Uh, why, in your experience, do people stay, quote, unquote, stuck? Yeah, so, you know, that's a common question that comes up. And, you know, just from my experience, just for the listeners out there, you know, I was in um, corporate, uh, worked for a company in corporate America. So I was definitely in an environment where it was like literally go big or go home, you know, that cutthroat um, performance-driven um, environment where uh, you're working with a boss perhaps that, um, as I was, uh, that basically worked by herself, even though it was a team setting. Um, so I don't know if any of that sounds familiar to the listeners, but um, – you know, this is very popular out there, that, that type of um, cutthroat um, mentality. 
But, you know, people feel sort of stuck in their experience and stuck in their environment because sometimes they actually feel they don't deserve it. So, you know, a lot of people feel that they don't deserve that promotion or that goal is, is too big or I can't get to the next level because a lot of us actually live in a box and that box is actually sort of your view uh, and your perception of where you think you should be. Perhaps friends and family are telling and also telling you where you think you should be. So it's a little bit of, you know, the fear of the vulnerability um, that could potentially lead to an embarrassment or a pain, or you think it's a little bit too risky um, to go out there on a live. So you usually give it like half the effort and you never really live to your full potential. So the idea of failure, like you mentioned earlier on, or desperation is really real out there. And the, and the feeling of being afraid of the unknown, you know, it's very easy when you're, you know, getting paid well or things appear to be going well, um, because that's the known. You're sort of, you're used to the schedule. You're used to those paydates. I remember even putting the paydates in my calendar so you know when those things are coming. So, you know, you're, you're almost expecting um, uh, these things to happen in your life. So you're afraid to experience anything else. So people are, I often think are afraid to almost start from scratch, like starting a new career. Why would I do that? Um, but the, you know, the deeper meaning to that, I always say is you always have to keep in mind sort of the pain of regret is often much deeper and impactful than the, than the pain of change. Um, so I believe that people get stuck for those, for those reasons that I mentioned. I like that pain of regret versus pain of change. I'm actually writing this down. That's great. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's really really awesome. We're going to circle back to that. Uh, okay. Some work environments are are dangerous, right? Others are noisy. Yeah. I worked in a place once. It was a contract job, so I wasn't there forever, thankfully. But it was very noisy, and there was a lot of environmental uh, factors with it. It was very cold. You know, um, and so it was hard to concentrate. Those environmental factors and others can be undesirable. This leads some people to feel maybe anxiety or fear over the actual day-to-day activities required within the job. Others, mm-hmm. however, look at it as it's just all in a day's work. You hear that quote a lot, you know, quote, unquote, yeah. all in a day's work. What would you say to both of those viewpoints? Yeah, so, you know, it's funny because sometimes the environmental factors people don't take into play. They look at, like, the emotional side of the relationship side. But the environmental factors do affect your day-to-day working conditions, and it can be just as sort of catastrophic as relationships that are cracked or strained. So, you know, whether you're in fear or anxiety-driven or just, as you mentioned, taking it all in a day's work, I personally think that both viewpoints Um, you have to really ask yourself, how does this environmental factor make me feel? Because your environmental factor plays a huge impact on your day. And so that is a big part of you that you might need to change. It may not necessarily be the relationship that we solely focus on. It could be ways in which you work best. Um, So you need to know what type of environment works best for you. So you can sort of proactively sort of create um, that environment that fuels you rather than drains you. Um, And then around that, sort of think further as to what coping strategies for dealing with the environment um, can I think about to help me um, better my situation? So, you know, if it's cold and things like that, do I dress warmer? Um, You know, do I look for a a job that's not working outside? It just 
all of these different things, um, you know, play, uh, play a part. So, you know, whether you're all in a day's work means you're putting up with something you'd rather not and convincing yourself that this is the way it has to be. I think both viewpoints need to give you power and you change in your environment and exploring what works best for you. And always, always, and I'll repeat this throughout, is give yourself sort of options in your decision-making. Oftentimes, we feel that we have to make a decision and not look at the full picture and know that we have options and we're in a place of um, empowerment. So even though people think, oh, environmental doesn't mean that much, it really does mean as much as having the relationship that you want in the, the workplace and giving yourself the options in that decision-making of how you want to move uh, forward with that. Have you ever been in a situation like that that jumps out to you? For me, it was very relationship um, orientated. And, you know, when I think about it, the environment toxic because there was no room to grow and I felt stifled um, and I felt like I, you know, my voice didn't matter. So, you know, I think for me, and I'll mention that a little bit later, I actually went through all of the emotions um, that I'll, I'll talk about uh, in a little bit um, of environmental Absolutely. relationships, you know, all of those, oh, you know what, this is, what, this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, and again, it's, it's confining yourself in a box and thinking that this is the only way I can do something versus I have options. Everyone out there listening, they really need to know that they do have options and they do have power in the decisions that they make. They do, and I think oftentimes that gets kind of run over by, you know, all these other factors in society that uh, kind of drive people from one way or another to kind of feel like they're a ball and chained to their vehicle. And, you know, like, oh, I'm trapped here because of this. I'm trapped here because I I took out loans or I took out a second mortgage. I'm trapped Mm -hmm. here. You know, and some of these things are very real things, yet then you'll read some story about an entrepreneur who had all kinds of problems and just, you know, walked out of whatever they were doing and boldly set out on their own path. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that boomer bust scenario of, you know, taking a risk and taking a shot, you know, the, uh, you know, as you had mentioned before, the, the pain of regret versus the pain of change, you know, and, and yeah. I've been there myself in, in my own career, um, you know, where I've changed uh, jobs and I've changed industries a few times, more than a few times to try new things, uh, to try and get maybe out of a situation where I was starting to feel either too comfortable or too kind of stuck and wanted to mm-hmm. you know, explore, you know, other avenues there. So I've, I can attest to some of this and we'll share some of my own experience, you know, throughout the program this evening uh, you know, about how that's happened with, with me and, and a little later in, in, in another segment, you know, uh, Karen will share those, those feelings. Yeah, as well. it's, it's it definitely uh, real. And, you know, I want the listeners to know, like I'm an actual example too, of, of leaving corporate to start completely from scratch. So that's with um, no nest egg, uh, absolutely going out there cold. Um, and it was a huge risk. You know, with huge risk comes, comes huge rewards. Um, and the feeling of doing what is passionate for you or what feels right for you 
And you know when your job is not feeling right. You have that funny feeling that comes up in your stomach. You know, you, the environmental, as you mentioned, is affected for you. There's social, there's emotional, which we're getting, there's spiritual. There's all these different pieces of the puzzle that make up who you are that don't actually quite feel right like a puzzle. There's a piece of the puzzle that's missing or not quite in the little hole where it should be. Um, so you, you do know when you're taking something on that just doesn't feel right. And I'm just here to say, you know, part of the story is that you can make that leap of faith, either, you know, whether you're doing it um, while you have your job, you're doing something on the side, or you just go full out um, like I did. And if working at this job is right for you, then you stay there and you just make adjustments within your job. So I'm definitely not saying to go out there and just uh, go cold turkey. It just all depends on everyone's situation. But I, I just want people to know that they have options because so often we feel desperate and chokehold and, and just uncomfortable in the position we're in because we feel that this is the only way, the only way to do something or the only way out. But we do have options. And that's very powerful. That's very powerful. We're gonna uh, thank you for saying that. We're gonna explore that. We're at seven fifteen. We're uh, at our fifteen minute stop here. Undivided episode forty four. Breaking the cycle of desperation. We'll be back in a moment. But first, some upcoming show promotions here on the networks of Life Coach Radio. Replenish me. Replenish me. Cordelia Gaffar. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. The series is Replenish Me. Our next episode, Wednesday, April the 24th, live at 7 p.m. here on the East on Life Coach Radio Network. That's Wednesday, the 24th of April. It's one week from tonight. Replenish me. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. Wednesday, April 24th, live 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. Let's raise some money tonight. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800 800- Nine one nine nine three three eight www.salvationarmyus.org and you can enter your zip code to donate in your local community or you can Google the poor zip code in your state and donate to those who are most in need. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. Audible.com is our sponsor. And we are back here on episode 44, Breaking the Cycle of Desperation. Karen is along with us this evening. And, you know, we went to the break, we went to the stop, uh, talking about how people have options. Many people are trapped in a job they dislike, or they are just going through the motions, as I mentioned in the opening of the show. And they don't even realize it. I've met people that don't even realize they're going through the motions of a job. And maybe you talk to them, you almost call them out on it, and then they realize it. Humans are routine-driven people. Many people find comfort, as you had said before, the structure of that routine. Um, I have the paydays for my full-time job in my phone, in my calendar, in my phone, so that I buy right into that. Um, I had Mark, yeah, I do. I buy right into this whole thing. Um, and there's some okay. uh, feeling of stability there, right? I do certain things on certain days. So I have my own kind of uh, pace, my own kind of rhythm in the job where, okay, it's Thursday, I do this because of the rhythms of the position. I know other people that like that structure that it provides. I had Mark Fector on the show, The Unemployment Show, and he was talking about 
the structure of when you work 40 hours a week to be an entrepreneur and there is no structure and how some people, that's how they, they don't do so well because they can't balance it. These people live lives of, as we've talked about, quiet desperation, as the uh, quote goes. What are some of the pitfalls of that approach? So it's the first part of the question. It's a two-parter. What are yeah. some of the pitfalls of that approach going through the motions? And what could be done to change that mindset? So, you know, in my experience, the pitfalls occurs when you're sort of avoiding a situation or a person um, and you're really not yourself and it comes to a head at some point and you either will erupt as in anger or you'll sort of boil up almost like a volcano um, erupting. And, you know, for me, I became someone that I wasn't. Um, you feel sort of almost unrecognizable. You know, you're, you start to get bitter because you're just frustrated with where you are. And, you know, your bitterness turns into anger and, like I said, frustration. So, you know, this oftentimes can flow sort of just in, not just in your work environment, but your personal life too. So I find that is the biggest um, pitfall. Uh, your professional life is so much linked to your personal and your personal is linked to your professional. They, they go hand in hand. So, you know, the feeling of sort of being trapped means you're really limiting yourself from thinking in a different perspective and you're limiting your opportunities, your growth, and you deserve to be happy. Like people forget this in a job, you know, we go through society and the media and marketing in a job shouldn't be a place where you're fulfilled and, and happy. And that's just not the case. Um, that is how we've been sort of programmed to believe. But, you know, the, the pitfalls of that approach is that you're limiting your opportunities, your growth, your happiness, your awareness of what else is actually going on around you um, because you've become so immersed almost in this trap. And that's sort of hence the name trapped means constricted. And that's the way you're walking uh, through life. So, you know, to open up and, and think about how do we change that mindset, um, I, five things come to mind. And, you know, I hope your listeners sort of think about this because some of them could feel um, like, whoa, this is, uh, this is pretty uh, strong. But there's really five things to, to manage um, sort of these relationships and not feeling so trapped at work. Um, and you can apply this to any situation that is really negatively impacting your life. And one of, the, one of them is remain a victim to it. Um, you know, do you want to just stay in it and be unhappy for, for the rest of your, your professional tenure? It could be 10 years, five years, however long you have in your job. Do you want to change it? Do you want to change your perspective of it? And what would that even look like? Do you want to accept the way things are and go with the status quo? Or do you want to leave it? And just not bother with it. So nine out of 10 people or individuals when told about these methods will not choose to remain a victim. Most likely they're going to want to change some dynamics in, in, in that. So that changes the mindset altogether. And most people, Frank, uh, in life are really sick and tired of being sick and tired. So now it's time to take action. It is. I love how you put that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really do. Um, we've talked about, you know, toxic, the term toxic. Yeah. The term toxic has been increasingly prevalent, right, in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And we hear it, you know, toxic boss, quote, unquote, toxic masculinity is a hot button thing right now in the mainstream. Uh, 
toxic workplace often being used. This series actually had our episode recently on toxic relationships and how to navigate them with Lisa Concepcion. Is this term being overused by the mainstream media and society? So it's the first part of another two-part question for you. I'm really killing you tonight. Okay, yeah. And the second part is, <laughs> do we have a problem with toxic work-related scenarios and what does that look like? So you want to take one and, and then the other. Do you think it's been okay. overused and do you think we have a problem? Well, you know, firstly, it's funny, just, you know, a quick, uh, quick uh, story. Um, when I was growing up, the word toxic was thrown out there, but it, it meant for a liter- uh, literally like life-threatening chemical or an environmental situation. So, you know, you say like bleach can be toxic. <laughs> if, you know, I, I know, like, hopefully some of the listeners, you know, I'm not showing my age, but hopefully some of the listeners could relate that, you know, like bleach can be toxic oh, if yeah. swallowed or asbestos you know, is in the building somewhere and the air is toxic because of smoke. But now, you know, it's a very descriptive word and somehow the word toxic has morphed um, from being used in this literal sense to like a way to describe a person or a relationship or the atmosphere, not the air, uh, but in the workplace. So, you know, I don't think it's being overused. I think it's highlighting effectively um, the negativity of relationships that are out there or the environment that, that people might be experiencing. And more importantly, what to do if you're in one and where to go for help. Because depending on the, the severity of the situation, um, it's highly important to identify that you're in um, something that is toxic, whether it be um, your boss, your, rela- your peer relationships, um, your environment, all those things. So, you know, I don't, I don't think it's being used um, uh, too much overly. And as far as the scenarios, I have a few. And again, this is, you know, I'm using these from my own experience. So I'm hoping the listeners will be able to relate um, to some scenarios and what does that look like? I'm using my own experience. Um, I think now that there's more of an awareness like never before um, of what we like and what we don't like. Um, years, you know, years back or when we grew up, people weren't so, so self-aware. Uh, people tolerated more things. So now we're like, no, I don't like that or I like that and I want to tolerate that and I can't tolerate that. So, you know, identifying um, toxic is different for everyone in a different way. And so someone's perception or interpretation um, might be different. But here's some sort of indicators or scenarios that I just go from my, uh, my own personal experience. Um, so one of them is, you know, if you work for a manager whose sole mission is to, to speak to you in a very negative tone, well, that's just not okay. And, and that happens. So that's a scenario. Um, if your environment is a dictatorship mode, the manager's more demanding, uh, total control over everything and anyone. And, um, you know, they distrust the team, you know, they don't delegate. There's no room for like group discussion or collaboration. It's basically, their way or the highway, as they, as they put it. Um, you have a team or a manager or a boss uh, that's about the power and the control. You know, leaders of today, they're not true leaders of today, I should say, are not into power and control. They're into sharing information and collaborating. So there's a difference right there. Another scenario is um, the blame game. You know, they don't want to take responsibility for things that have happened. They'd rather blame um, one of their team members. Um, 
there's backstabbing and gossip and internal competitiveness. Uh, these are all things that I face that maybe some of your listeners can relate to. Um, uh, you find colleagues lacking in personal accountability. Um, there's this sort of um, alliance that's building where managers are sort of pitting employees against one another. Um, and then lastly, something that really stands out that's a scenario that happens in some of the uh, bigger and smaller firms is a lot of people calling in sick and suddenly leaving the firm. Um, that's a big sign uh, that it's toxic. So those are some scenar scenarios that have um, happened to me, and I'm not sure if anyone else out there um, has experienced any of that, but, but those are some of the, the key ones, uh, toxic scenarios that have uh, that have happened to me, and that's what I think it would look like. Thank you for sharing that. I know definitely a lot of that hit a lot of buttons for me. Um, I've definitely been in some of those situations. And, you know, as you mentioned before, you know, the corporate world, even the small business approach today is one mm -hmm. where people work in teams, and you had mentioned that earlier. Yeah. You know, teams of people work on projects. I've been a uh, member of teams in the past. I'm on, on a team right now. I'm leading a team at the and the work that I'm doing now, my full-time work. So teams of people working on projects, executing sales campaigns, developing designs for anything, any number of products and services. What advice would you provide to someone who feels trapped on an underperforming team or a team that is known for backstabbing or infighting? So it's a really good segue from what you had just explained. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um, so, you know, the best advice is really thinking of, of an environment where you would thrive, not survive. And, you know, I really, I really want listeners to think about that. Are they thriving in the, uh, in the current position or role uh, that they're in right now, or are they just simply surviving? And is surviving just good enough for you? So if you think about um, thriving versus um, surviving, you know, how would you feel if you were thriving? What would that even look like? Uh, you just can't thrive in a negative environment and negative thinking. Um, so sometimes you kind of have to sit back and observe the situation as if you were at the movies sort of watching a show. And it's, but it's your show. Um, and just sit and think, you know, if I was somebody else, would I put up with that? Would I look at this situation? Sort of just observe like that. Um, and how you can see it from just a different vantage point. You know, how can you experience the, the relationship from a different position? And, you know, sometimes you just need to leave and other times you need to stay. But at least depending on what you choose, at least you've accepted that situation and you've looked at that situation sort of holistically and you've sat back in the movies and, and you've watched that show and then you decide to take action or inaction depending on, on where you are and how you feel. Um, but it really goes down to, to what are your values. And, you know, when your values aren't aligned with what's going on in the workplace, uh, then you will start to see and feel that you need to take action. And as I said, everyone is different, but that's really key. Um, people underestimate what their values are. And so when they don't align, that's when um, you notice a misalignment um, as you go forward in your, in your work career. So it's kind of like assessing who are you, 
is this workplace or department a true representation of who my character is, what I stand for? Um, if the answer is no, then you have to sort of ask, ask yourself sort of what are my options? Um, is this where I, I want to be? Um, do I need some guidance? Um, because typically, um, you know, people stay and endure this, endure this trapped feeling, thinking it's okay. But I'm really here tonight uh, with you to say that it, 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 it's a fine line and you really have to figure out um, where you want to be. That's great advice. We are right at 7.32. Thank you for sharing. We're going to come back in a moment. We're at our half-hour break. Thank you, Karen. We'll be back in one moment here. Episode 44, Breaking the Cycle of Desperation with Karen Natasha. Our special guest will be back in a moment. First, some upcoming show promotions for you. Money Magic. Money Magic. Gol Khan is the host. Gol Khan. The show is Money Magic. And Tuesday, April 30th is her next new episode. That's Tuesday, April the 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern. She does her show live from London. It's 4 p.m. Eastern. Figure out your U.S. time zone from there on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Money Magic. Gal Khan is the host. She takes you through all the different ways that you need to uh, uh, work with money, not have hang-ups about money, not let money and financial burdens or concerns consume you and how to navigate that in a world that is really focused on money. So it's a very interesting series, Tuesday, April the 30th, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. That's Money Magic with Gold Khan. Erica Wiederlite, Erica Wiederlite, Mondays, twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern live. That's a live show, 11.30 in the morning here on the East Coast. Erica Wiederlite, Mondays, twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Live on the Life Coach chat channel. Go to the website or go to her website, wethelight.com, for her uh, upcoming schedule of shows. It's wethelight.com for Erica Wheeler-Light Show. And speaking of being light in the darkness, there's so many people that are suffering in the dark and despair of the world. Maybe you're in uh, despair over a job that you're in that you feel trapped in for some reason. Uh, maybe you uh, owe money to someone or something or somehow and uh, you're putting kids through college, whatever you're doing that you feel that you can't leave, but you can't imagine spending another day there. <laughs> Let's say you're br brought down by other burdens in your life. You have a toxic boss or a toxic team, as we were just discussing, and you're miserable at work and you can't even think about being there another moment. And maybe you've thought about doing something to harm yourself. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. They remind you that you matter. If you're stuck in a workplace issue like that, please call the number, 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. www.samaritanspurse.org for Samaritan's Purse, or you could call them 828-262-1980. That's 828-262-1980 for Samaritan's Purse, or visit their website, SamaritansPurse.org. And we're back here on Undivided. Audible.com is our sponsor. I'm going to open the phone lines. Phone number to call, 646-716-9397. Again, that phone number is 646 
716-716-9397. You can DM me. You can direct message me on Twitter. DM me, dude, as the young people say. At <laughs> F. Maduri. That's at F-N-A-D-U-R-I on Twitter. Or it's Undivided Show. That's Undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com. I check the email account periodically throughout the live episodes, and I have the Twitter account up as well if you DM me on Twitter. So we're back here on Undivided episode number 44. And when we went to the break, uh, Karen shared some great advice for people that are stuck in those situations. Now we're going to enter the Bridging the Divide segment and focus on how do we bridge the divide between those who feel stuck in a job they dislike or that gives them anxiety. Those who are going through the motions in their job, as I mentioned before, they're just there to get a paycheck rather than pursuing maybe their true passion. Those who are apathetic by knowing that they need to change. I've had this. I've encountered people like this. They need to change jobs, but they keep putting it off. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. And those who feel that a job is a job, work is not supposed to be quote-unquote fun, and that all these people have to suck it up, as they would say, and work. Karen, did I lose it? Yes, I, it, it did go silent, so I was still staying on the phone. So sorry if I missed it. Uh, it just went completely silent just now. I'm right oh, here. I had some technical difficulties. Okay, uh, no problem. So, Hi. <laughs> uh, I how do we bridge that divide? Um, you know, how do we bridge that divide between people who feel stuck in a job, uh, those who are going through the motions to get a paycheck, those who are apathetic and putting off changing jobs and those who feel that a job is a job and that people have to suck it up and work and that work shouldn't be fun. Yes. So, you know, I just, I just have to say that the bottom line to all is that all of this is that, you know, with a divide is that we have to do what's right to that individual. Like you have to do what's right for you. Uh, and for everyone, it's at different times in their life, different situations. But you'll know when you're ready to take action. Um, so, for example, for me, as I said, I worked in corporate uh, in this particular position, I should say, for, for almost 10 years, shy a couple of months. And, um, and I made that final decision. And it was bad for me for a very long time. And I stayed. You know, different managers um, that didn't have people skills. I worked long hours. But I still stayed. So, you know, everyone will know their breaking point and when it's time to make that decision to move on or to stay. Um, and for the people that, as you say, uh, suck it up um, all the time, uh, they still right now see value in staying. So they haven't reached their breaking point. And they need to come to that realization that they haven't reached that uh, breaking point. But when you reach that breaking point, you do leave what is, uh, you know, a, a bad situation. Um, the people that decide to leave have reached their brim, and most likely it's boiled over where it's, it affected other areas of their life, and they made that decision to take action, whether it's get a new position, a new role in the company, or change that company um, altogether. So there's really no magic um, potion, I could say. 
uh, when you feel stuck in your job or you're anxious or just doing it for the paycheck. I, I don't personally think we can take a side either way. It all depends on what you're ready to, to do and act. And quite honestly, you know, I went through all of those emotions in some way and justifying why I should stay in my role. And this is truly in a, like an avoidance tactic. Um, now that I'm in coaching, I realized that I, that I was in um, that needs to be addressed in some way or in some form for that person. It's true. You know, you go through coaching and, you know, certification and everything, and then you realize some of the stuff and behaviors you used to do, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, that's yeah. what I was doing there. And I think everyone, you're right. They all have a, like you were saying, that was an avoidance thing for you. I think everyone yeah. has, like, their own breaking point, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's also, you know, the bridge way of putting this is cycle of life scenario too, because, you know, when you're younger, you know, I used to be in, I did a variety of different medical sales. And at one point I was doing sales for a medical imaging company. And I remember I was calling on uh, surgical centers and I remember there was a surgeon there. He was the director of surgery for this like day stay type surgical center in central New Jersey. And I did a lunch and learn there. And he said to me, you know, things had kind of wound down and it was just he and I, the room had kind of cleared mm-hmm. out. We're at this big table and I'm at one end and he's at the other. And I'll never forget this probably as long as I live. And he says to me, you know, Frank, um, you're probably wondering how I ended up here because he had a lot of degrees and he had a lot of experience. And he's like, I ended up here. And he's like, you know, you're still pretty young. You know, the, the longer you walk down the hallway, the more the doors close and you can't go back. So the mm-hmm. life is like a hallway, you know, and the doors close and that's it. And you got to go through the ones that are open. And I've always thought about that when I was younger, you know, I had a point with a, a job when I was younger than that. And it was years before that. And I was in the situation with, with a bad boss and an and a underperforming team. And I'm immediately like, I'm out of here. And I found a new job pretty quickly because I was young. And then yeah. when you're older, it's hard. It's, it's harder it to make that movie a more experience. You see, you, you can get stuck because there's those trade-offs, you know, and then what's going to be the trade-off for you? Yeah. Exactly, because there's you have more yeah. responsibility, odds are, as well. So there is, you know, a life component to it. Um, mm-hmm. Why is it important to identify those warning signs whether it's a toxic work environment, an underperforming team, which I just shared, I've been in situations mm-hmm. with lackluster company structure or work culture that takes advantage of human potential. You know, oh, this one's such a, a, a big one for me, honestly, because, you know, for me, I feel, you know, it's important to identify warning signs for your own self-worth. You know, working in corporate, I had everything going for me there but really my self-worth you know I was afraid to to to, to move from there thinking I'm not good enough so you know one of the important um, signs is for your self-worth and your awareness you know many people undervalue their worth they're so busy looking after others that they've never really taken the time to look after themselves uh, and look at what they're worth and what they can do 
Um, and also, you know, another part is if, if you're not aware of the, the warning signs, you may start to think that this is the way cultures are, as I mentioned before, in the work, and that's definitely not the case. Being in a, in a, in a toxic uh, place of work really affects your health in the sense of stress. It can lead to anxiety, depression, a loss really of who you are. You don't know yourself anymore. And then there's a physical and emotional uh, impact that it, that it can also lead, which will, when you don't have the, the, the emotional and the health, you can't really lead or you can't really perform at your optimal performance. So it can even affect your personal relationships because, as I mentioned to you earlier, one certainly bleeds into another. Um, so, you know, oftentimes uh, when your company's culture is negative, you'll notice an increase. Uh, in, in like in the internal conflict and and anger and the unwillingness to do additional tasks. So once you realize the magnitude that this can have on you, you will want to change something. Um, you know the positive side of, of of our human potential in the workforce is really you can build lasting friendships. You can develop skills. You can learn about yourself. People forget you can develop your resilience and your grit um, depending on your role. So. Uh, the most time that you spend is a lot of time at work. So um, as I said before, you need to be in a place where you can thrive and grow. Uh, this type of fulfillment and happiness can really provide you with so much more to, to benefit from. And, and we don't need to be stuck uh, and we don't need to be sort of um, pigeonholed into, into this is the way it was supposed to be. So those are some of the warning signs um, uh, of a toxic environment uh, that I feel are really uh, important that uh, people just keep on keep on doing. But if you if you don't have um, some of those uh, things in a good place, then you're definitely not going to be able to uh, perform at your best. No, and it's like how can you be expected to? Mm -hmm. uh, I've dealt with a lot of people in different situations, and they've come to me and be like, oh, you know, my prior job. Um, or a prior role that I've had with, with, a, with a big company or something, this is how it was, and this is how it was managed. And it was like this very negative situation, uh, very catabolic, as we would know from our energy yeah. leadership courses, and uh, like this uh, uh, rule, like dictator type of scenario that you alluded to before. Yeah. Um, and it, and it can have like a major impact on people. They're like, well, you know, my performance slipped. I'm like, how could it not? You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's all linked. <laughs> I mean, part of what, right? How could they expect it to not? But I mean, part of coaching, you know, acknowledging and validating that, but like saying to them, like, I really like, it's just logical. Like, it's going to happen to people. So how are we going to do this? You know, we did a show, you know, back in the day, being a leader versus being a boss with. Um, Scott Krause came on. He's a personal friend of mine. And uh, we delved into some of those other aspects of this topic, which is uh, a little bit different than tonight's show or a lot different, uh, actually, uh, but kind of dovetails next to it. So take a mm -hmm. listen to that one, um, if you didn't hear that one. Uh, for the audience out there, it's kind of like a prequel to this episode. Um, what role does spirituality and the spiritual connection have in breaking free from being trapped or stuck, quote unquote, in a job and going out to boldly wow. pursue a new career that is aligned with the individual's values. We had mentioned spirituality, both of us, at different yeah. points. Uh, I, I was looking forward to getting to this point, and here we are. Yeah, I know. 
this is, yeah, and I'll try to keep this really brief. Uh, you know, spirituality is how, no, um, yeah, okay, spirituality is how, it's how I stay grounded. Um, and, you know, I think people should be tapping into that spirituality um, or spiritual connection, whatever that, um, whatever that means to you, because it, you know, it helps you stay grounded and focused and just centered around what is truly important to you. You know, it allows you to be happy. And, you know, I want the listeners to, to, to realize that happiness is really the key to success, period. Success is not the key to happiness. And when you are connected in a spiritual way, it allows you to have that, that happiness. It allows you to just be free and have that weight off your, um, your shoulders. You know, for me, um, a spiritual connection also sort of allows me to put other people's needs above my own. And when you talk about the workforce, when you carry that uh, spirituality in you, those are the, the, the higher levels that you can tap into that will help you with your performance and help you get through things. Um, so, you know, putting yourself ahead of someone else is, is part of my spiritual connection. Um, it, it almost gives you like an honorable perspective um, for me. And, you know, we also need to trust that other people have the same spirit watching over them that we do. And we're not the only ones who can sort of solve other people's problems. Uh, because I find uh, in life and in the workplace, uh, as we're talking about the workplace, we sometimes feel that we are the ones that are in control of everything. But with that spiritual connection, you learn that um, there is a, a higher power that's actually in control of everything. And we just need to um, ask and, and, and look and seek that. Um, so, you know, we often find ourselves sort of busy doing what we don't like and aren't good at and aren't good at things um, while our talents and our gifts sort of lie uh, just sort of uh, mundane or just sort of lie right there like flat. So for me, I think, again, that spiritual connection is uh, doing something every day that nurtures your talents and your gifts and your strengths. And as you make that spiritual connection, you realize that you have a lot more to offer than you think you do. Um, so when you just need that little help, um, I think it's a place that you can definitely uh, tap into and that can give you um, that peace of mind uh, and that shoulder to lean on that you'll need, especially if you are in a, a toxic environment or in a bad uh, situation at your work. Um, so, you know, how, whenever you uh, decide that you want to tap into it or when you want to tap into the spirituality, I believe that it, you know, it really does help you get through things. For me, it definitely does. Um, and it's a natural reaction for me to tap into uh, when I'm feeling stuck. Um, or when I'm feeling like I, I, in my workplace, when I had no, no place to turn, that's definitely a place that I would turn. It came very natural um, to me. Uh, most people nowadays sometimes just call up their friends and ask for sort of guidance there. Um, but there is a spiritual side that can guide you, and that typically guides you to take responsibility for every aspect of your life and will help you guide you to make that decision on where you sort of need to go um, to take that action. It's exactly right. 
Thank you for that answer. It was wonderful because mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about uh, spirituality at IPEC, you know, the place where we both went through our certification. And, and I've talked about it often on this show. It's such a huge part of, of coaching and, you know, making that spiritual connection with people and, and getting them focused on something that's really going to change their life because at the end of the day, they're going to have faith and through that faith, they're going to have hope. So through that faith, they're going to be more trusting that, Hey, I'm going to go out and do this. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the Holy, Holy Spirit's put it on me. I got to go do this today. As I've talked about on this show before, I, I've got to go uh, walk into this place uh, you know, last week I was doing some uh, uh, some meetings, uh, uh, different coaching and um, uh, different clients and things. And I had a break in my day, and I said, "I'm just gonna I'm just gonna knock on this door." I didn't even realize that, you know, this company was in the same building. I'm gonna knock on the door and just cold call this place. And then I'm having this great interaction with a guy that essentially was like running the place and happened to be like on his lunch break and oh, wow. was totally cool. Sat me down in a conference room. We had this whole other dialogue that I never anticipated happening. And I was there for like a half an hour and it was great. And what an I wasn't even going to go there. Yeah. Right. You took a risk. But spiritually, I, yep. I felt that, that tug, you know, go knock mm-hmm. on that door, you know, uh, go do that. And we'll talk about a lot about values alignment with people. You know, and we're going to talk a great deal about that in the next episode of, of our show uh, in two weeks. And, you know, being your authentic self in the workplace is, is the next episode of the show, episode 45, which I'll get to later That's on. Right. But, uh, right, so it kind of dovetails right into this. But, um, yeah, I work with someone that had that situation where they had come to me and said, you know what? I feel kind of stuck um, in here, you know, we were working together and and so I feel kind of stuck in this, you know, the role that I'm in. And I want to let you know that, you know, I've put it out there that I'm, I'm looking to transfer. I'm looking to get a promotion Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking to transfer within the company. um, Even if I have to move or whatever I have to do. And I said, okay, fine. And this guy is a really impressive guy. And um, so he puts out some feelers and he ends up um, having some phone interviews and then he ends up having some in-person interviews. And then he's looking at a situation where he is in uh, the finals. So he goes out to this other location. He's got to think about whether he wants to commute there and whether what he wants his life to change that much. It's far away. And he comes back to me and he says, you know what I found out when I went there um, and talk to some people is that it's really not the way that they manage and do things there, even though it's the same company, it's not in alignment with my values. And this is what yeah. he straight said in yeah. those words. <laughs> there, yeah. there is no, there's no uh, engagement with employees that's positive, and I can't get promoted into a job working with these other people, and they want me to be that way to people. Like, I can't do it. Um, he's like, especially after working with you and some of the other people on, on the leadership team, you know, um, I can't do that. Uh, it's not in alignment with my values. So he ultimately, you know, didn't take the job and ended up doing something completely different. 
So it ended up actually going back to something he had done prior to, you know, when I was working with him. So, and and it's interesting how people, they make those choices. And he was a very spiritual person. He said, you know what, I'm, I'm praying about it. It's not, it's not for me. Even though it's going to pay a lot more money, I I don't need to do that. And I admired him for that. Other people would have been like, ah, I take the job, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He looked at his job. I'm going to take the promotion. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take the promotion because it's going to look good. Yeah, so we had done a lot of coaching around that. Yeah, that's fantastic. He stepped into his spirituality self, and then he's provided with options. Again, you you might stay in it, you might leave it, you might change it, but he had options to make a decision which way he wanted to go. You're never trapped in a box uh, where you have nowhere to turn or to move. Just imagine a box and imagine us being inside it and with, there's no windows and you're just a- unable to move. That is the way that some people are living their lives. And after a while, you just want to break open from that box and just peer up from the box and see, you know, is there anyone else here? Is there any, any plants, any, any animals? What's, what's outside of the box? So bravo for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was a, a really um, uh, germane story to mention at this point uh, because it, it aligned right with that question. What's the role of coaching? We get to at this point in the show, um, every episode, what is the role of life coaching, career transition coaching, and helping a client who's struggling to move forward or make a decision about a job? Maybe they feel terrible going to that job on a daily basis. What's the role of coaching there? Yeah, so, you know, before I get to the, to the role of coaching, I just want to sort of acknowledge um, some of the listeners out there that, you know, I realized because I was in it, uh, you, you've been through it, that, that life these days is very much more chaotic than, it, than it's ever been. Um, you know, we're, we're so overloaded with information. And just when we get used to something, it changes. We're distracted and pulled in so many directions. Um, Oftentimes, you know, you're making quick decisions. You have to think quickly. Um, and it's really difficult, you know, managing balance, balance work, uh, life, family, friends, your personal enjoyment, all those parts that make up um, who you are. So, you know, I want to acknowledge that um, for the listeners that feel like, you know, that we didn't sort of tackle just, just acknowledging how chaotic really life is. So when you put all those factors together it's only a matter of time before we sort of let opportunities pass us by because we're not sort of living up to our fullest potential or we feel trapped as we mentioned earlier in a circumstance that we don't like Um, so you know the coaching that I provide is like a leadership coaching uh, in the career development and it kind of helps you understand you know where you are in, in life and um where others, including yourself, are really coming from. It will improve your communication skills, help you to improve your your work, family, and personal relationships, which I know for the listeners means a lot to them out there. Uh, We help access your goals and come up with like a plan of action to help you achieve it. Um, So, you know, really, like I mentioned before, coaching is about helping you gain control over your life and also helping you to act versus react. Um, so that's a very key thing in especially being in a toxic um, environment um, and just live in a more fulfilled space. 
You know, as a coach, we, we empower the person to see that they have choices and options and sort of how to handle changes or difficult situations that we've talked about sort of earlier on. All those types of things are really uh, challenging for people to deal with on their own. And so a coach's role is to support you and help you get um, through that. Um, and in some cases with the career coaching, it's helping you uh, become more confident, um, getting that promotion, living more in the moment. Um, it could be starting a new business. Um, so it's just helping you in areas of your sort of professional development and uh, thrive on change. And, and the possibilities are so endless. I just want people to know that the possibilities are endless and the options are open as long as you're ready to take action. I wish I'd heard those things when I was in my position. <laughs> but now I can help. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me yeah. too. So I, I, that I really wish I did. <laughs> yeah. Because you do, you get, I've talked about it before in this show a few times. My grandfather, rest his soul, used to call it the six inches in front of your windshield. Like we get trapped in that. It's yeah. like so tunnel visioned, you know, yeah. that we, and we think that, you know, this is it. And I can't see beyond that. Um, I remember a, a friend of, of my family had a really high level job in Manhattan and ended up, there were some, you know, changes to the organization and there were cutbacks and he was like really unexpectedly let go. And so he didn't even see it coming. And he was a really sharp guy, you know, multiple degrees, all that stuff. And I remember just uh, by happenstance, I had to be, I happened to be at their home the night that he came back and had lost his job. And, uh, you know, I remember they as a family, you know, included me in that discussion. And it was kind of like, uh, what are we going to do now? And he's like, oh, there'll be other opportunities. There'll be other jobs. Like he was that confident in it. Yeah. That he was, he was just like, you know, it just wasn't the right thing anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm in this situation for a reason and there's going to be another opportunity. And he, and he did, he, he ended up moving into something that was really good for him, both uh, for his work-life balance, for his career, um, and for his, you know, quality of life. So it ended up working out, you know, for him, he was, he was out for a little bit, but, you know, we all have those points where we, you know, kind of get stuck and yeah. it's good to, someone could tell you, coach could tell you that, you know, you can get control of your life and to act yeah. versus react. I like that a lot. Yeah. So many yeah. times it's fight or flight, are, right? Yes, exactly. The possibilities are endless. And, you know, as we talked about before, the pain um, of change versus the pain of regret, you can't thrive on the pain, on the, on the, you know, the, the pain of change, but you can thrive on change. Uh, so, you know, this is just so important, and I, and I wish I had um, some of this when I was going through mine, uh, my situation, but definitely um, there are options out there for everyone, regardless of your situation. Such a powerful message, it really is, mm-hmm. and it is such an inspiring message for people that I hope they take some optimism out of it, no matter what situation they find themselves in. How do we find common ground, Karen? Right at the top of the hour, a couple minutes past. <laughs> okay. How do we find common ground? We enter the last segment of our show, the common ground piece. 
on this topic, what's the common ground? What advice would you leave the audience with so that they can take their first steps towards breaking this cycle? Yes, and I love breaking the cycle. That's that's another topic right there. Uh, so firstly, I'd nice. like to say this is the, yeah, I love it. This is the year of action. You know, for all those out there listening that feel that they can't do it, they're too old, they're too young. Uh, you know, they're in a job where it just can't happen. This is the year of action. Which wherever you are at your in your time in your life, it's not too late or it's never too late to ever change a situation and I really want to get that uh, point across so the actions that I'm going to leave you will be both impulsive and strategically planned so I want you to think about uh, everyone has a brand and so your brand says who you are so it's not a commercial brand I'm talking about what do you want your brand to say about you think of yourself in a very positive light and how you do that, because sometimes when we're stuck in that toxic environment, we can't really think beyond um, what we see. So how you do that, how do you think about what does your brand say about you is thinking in a positive light. And you think about your talents and your strengths because you have them. And then second of all, um, what I want you to think about is, you know, sometimes a block often happens when we stop growing, learning and creating. So you know, regardless of your job or the role in your life, it's up to you to mix things up and add new elements. So what are you going to do this week that's going to mix things up and add a new element in your life? Try something new or even try, if you dare to be different, try something that really scares you. For me, on the weekend, I went to see a movie um, that I don't typically watch, which was kind of like a thriller but you know what? It might sound something small, but I said to myself, I've never done it in the X amount of years. I won't say my age that I've, that I've lived. <laughs> and I wanted to, do, <laughs> you know, for the listeners that think they can relate because they think I might be a different age, we'll just put X amount of years. Um, but I, I did something new. And as, as, as trivial as it sounds, I went to see a movie that was a thriller. And I've never been to a movie theater to see in a thriller because I'm often scared. So I want I want to you know challenge you to do something new or mix things up, add some new elements. Maybe do a, a side thing as well as your full time job if you feel you cannot obviously change your full time job right away because it's a process. But do something new, mix it up. Um, the third thing um, I want to leave uh, you with too is to pick your battle. You have to think um, about your situation and is and think about is this a person or is this a situation worth building up all this resentment? Like, what is it costing you to, to be at war with this person and situation? Is your health going? Are you calling in sick? Are you feeling like you don't want to go to work? What is it really costing you? And something that I learned most recently, um, so I really want listeners to, to, to take note of this, is remember that behind every emotion that you have in the workplace or in your personal life, is a need that's unmet. So I really want you to think about that. When you're frustrated in your personal or professional life, as we're talking about the workplace, what need of yours is being uh, unmet? Um, because that's what you truly want out of the situation. So really think about that. Um, the last two is, the last three actually, is uh, what else is important to you in your life right now? 
who, who's your champion? Is it a mentor? Is it a coach? Is it a pastor? Is it a friend? These are important people that you can seek to lift you up so you're not so wrapped up in this situation and just seeing it from your own perspective. Um, another thing I do um, all the time is I journal. Um, writing taps into your right side of your brain. It gets that creativity flowing. It actually helps you to see sort of the fun things out of life. So journaling. And when I say journal, people often think you have to write huge paragraphs. This could be, these could be one word, you know, anger, frustrated, happy, sad. If you're not a writer, just write down key words in your journal that just release some of those thoughts and pressures that you're feeling. It's really important to also write down what you're grateful for. As well as when you're talking about things that are going bad, you have to weigh it out with things that are going good in your life. What's going good in your life right now? And be grateful for that. It's all part of sort of building up the healthy mind, body, and soul so that you can um, be in a better environment and in a better life uh, in your workplace and personal life. And, you know, think, what's your next step? What's your next, situ- what's your next step that you actually want to do? Where do we go from here today after listening to Undivided? Where do you go from here? Um, do you want to remain a victim to this? Remember what we talked about earlier. Do you want to change it? Do you want to change your perception of it? Do you want to just accept it or do you want to leave it and change your role, change your job, try something new? So I leave you with trying to sort of be more present in where you are instead of distracted with the, with the toxicity of your workplace because you have more to give them than what life is offering you right now in your workplace and environment. And I also want you to tap into um, things that mean a lot to you. And as uh, Frank and I just discussed, that's your spiritual aspect, whatever that looks like for you, mental, emotional, physical, social, environmental, they all play a part. Spend time in developing you. And, and the coaching can help you in any of those areas, but that's most important. You're the most important piece of this puzzle, so think about how you spend time developing you. What an awesome answer. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for for sharing all of your experiences and mm-hmm. uh, for being so open to sharing, you know, uh, accounts from your own personal experiences, your own personal journey, as we would say, um, and kind of testifying to, you know, the power of that, of breaking, breaking the cycle. Uh, Karen, you want to tell us about your practice, um, what you're working on, how people could contact you, all that uh, great stuff? Sure. So I can be reached on Instagram at Karen Natasha Coaching, Facebook Karen Natasha Coaching, and of course, the amazing um, Frank and Undivided podcast. You can directly contact him to to get to me. That works perfectly, too. Um, You know, I'm focusing more now on -on one-on-one career coaching uh, because this is an area, obviously, that means very dear to me because I went through that, that struggle um, but this is an area more than ever now whereby people are struggling with peer relationships, performance, self-confidence, and people really want to thrive. They want to do well. So, you know, that's what I'm, that's the area I'm focusing on and, and using a coach can help you to get that desired result that you're looking for and help you with your emotions and just ha- live in the life that you were meant to live. All of us were, were born to live a life that's fulfilling and happy. 
So that's what I'm here for, to help and serve others. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you You're for, welcome. Um, thank you, Frank, uh, for having me. I appreciate being your guest. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great one and uh, have a great holiday. Have a happy Easter. Thank you. Same to you and your listeners. Karen, Natasha, everyone. So I'm going to do the promotions and then wrap up the show for the evening. So stay with me, guys. I have a special way I'm going to close out the show, as I usually do. Uh, I just have to get to a couple things here per the network. Um, and thank you again to Karen for, for being on and being such a great and very well-prepared guest. Replenish me, Cordelia Gaffar, Wednesday, April 24th. It's a week from tonight, live at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Radio Network. Money Magic. That's Money Magic. Goal Khan is the host. Tuesday, April the 30th, live at 4 p.m. Eastern time on the Life Coach chat channel. Erica Wiederlight, Mondays, twice a month. 11.30 a.m. Eastern Live on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Go to wethelight.com to, to learn more about Erica and her program and her practice. And then finally, holy shift, holy shift, like an energy shift or a shift of a car. Barb Heenan, Leslie Pachati, they're your co-hosts there. Wednesday, May the 1st, they come at you with a brand-new episode, 8 a.m. Central. It's a morning show, 9 a.m. on the East Coast on the Life Coach Radio Network. That's Holy Shift, Barb Heenan, Leslie Pachati, Wednesday, May the 1st, 8 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. on the East on the Life Coach Radio Network. And what a great segue to my next show, as I alluded to before. I'm in the same kind of layout as Barb and Leslie, so I am two weeks from tonight, Wednesday, May the 1st, live, 7 p.m., episode 45, undivided, Jeannie Smith, Jeannie Smith will join me as my special guest from San Diego, California. Being your authentic self place. That's the title. So it's going to be a continuation of this show and kind of like a part two of the episode with Brenda Baird. If you remember, Brenda Baird's like a really, uh, uh, she was a CEO of a couple different companies and a really famous leadership coach. She came on undivided in the earlier stages of the show, uh, the earlier part of the run to do, and she was very gracious to be a guest on my program, and we did a show called Barriers to the C-Level, Barriers to the Executive Suite, and it wasn't just uh, women, it was also people, minorities, people of color, uh, things of that nature, and the barriers that they encounter to get promoted. This show is going to be like a, a, a sequel to that show, and also like a kind of a part two of this show, because it's along that same theme. So listen in for that. Audible.com is the sponsor of our program, so I thank them as always. Uh, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. I had mentioned the Suicide Prevention Lifeline earlier. Those who follow me or are friends with me on Facebook, that is my birthday uh, fundraising event. My birthday is coming up. Uh, my birthday charitable fundraising event, that's what I want this year for my birthday, is to raise money from the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That's 800-273-8255. Or if you follow me on Facebook, jump on there and make a donation if you would. I would really like to hit that goal for them. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104 or www.foodforthepoor.org. It's Holy Week. 
If you have to uh, do something for Lent and the charitable part of Lent, you haven't been able to, give to these organizations. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104 or www.foodforthepoor.org. MAP International, MAP International, 800-225-8550 or www.map, that's mapsandpeter.org. Please donate to them. They help so many people throughout the world who are struggling and they really need your support. Please check out my practice. My practice is frankjmaduricoaching.com. You can find me, Frank J. Maduri Professional Coaching, on Facebook. Uh, my book is available. It's a great gift idea for people during Lent and even the season of Lent between uh, Easter now and Pentecost and that Easter season. Reflections of a Passion, a modern guide to the Stations of the Cross, is available on Amazon, as is my poetry collection. And now, with all that being said, I want to thank you guys for staying on, thank the audience for listening, as always. Tonight, we talked about a lot. We covered this cycle of desperation that goes on in the human condition, people feeling trapped in a career path or in a job. I'm an accountant. I went to school to be a CPA. I'm always going to be an accountant. No, if that's not fulfilling you, you can go a different direction. Understand, you know, people, they, they've, I've worked with people, they've sunk money into educations, they've got a master's degree they may never use. That's okay. It's got to be what makes you fulfilled, and it has to be where you feel compelled and called to be. As I mentioned before, you know, I'm very plugged into the spiritual, and I was in a job that there was a lot of really nasty things going on, and there was a lot of backstabbing, there was a lot of cutthroat behavior there was, you know, some financial stability issues. It was like everything on top of each other. I had a dictator-like boss that was a micromanager who was a power control freak. I had a, a team that was kind of fractured. And I was there one day and said, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, as, as much as I, I was compelled to do the job for the type of work that it was, it was no longer fun. And it was no longer... It was more of, uh, you know, like there was a blame game going on. There was a lot of infighting. There was a lot of uh, just negativity. And I left. You know, I just decided I, I didn't want to be there anymore, and I did something totally different. I trusted. I prayed about it, and I left. So I encourage you to do the same. You know, I wanted to circle back to what, what Karen said before I sign off. The pain of regret versus the pain of change. I can tell you, you know, there's nothing worse than having regrets and saying to yourself, looking in the mirror, I regret that I stayed in that job. You know, like Karen said, she was there for 10 years. I was in the job, I look back now, I said, man, I should have left a year earlier than I did. You know, there are certain situations in your life where you regret those decisions, you know. That's worse than the pain of change. Because you'd be five years down the road and really regret doing certain things. And as far as I was talking about before with the doctor and the surgeon and the doors, that to some degree is true and to some degree isn't. Because, you know, I went to Marist College and we embraced a, a lifelong learning. And that it's never too late to go back to school to get a degree. It's never too late to change your career path. It's never too late if you trust and have faith that you're being called to do something different to embrace that. And look at my own life. You know, my life has changed in the last three years to the point of, you know, three years ago, I wasn't 
a coach. I wasn't a life coach. I wasn't doing a radio show. I wasn't even in the full-time job that I was in. Uh, I had just started it, and I had started in a different role in a different capacity. My life has changed a lot for the better. You know, I, I started a business six years ago. Uh, when everyone said the doors were closed for me, I didn't want to accept that. And so I encourage you to do the same. And that's how if you live in alignment with your values and you add a new element to challenge yourself, if you act versus reacting to things, and if you live, you know, with the pain of change versus the pain of regret, that's how we're all going to live truly undivided. So I want to thank the audience tonight for listening and for being so supportive of this show I want to thank Audible.com, our sponsor. I want to thank Karen Natasha for being such a well-prepared and gracious guest on this program. And uh, I want to say please look forward to my new show in two weeks, May the 1st, episode 45 with Jeannie Smith. Until then, this has been Undivided, episode number 44, Breaking the Cycle of Desperation with Karen Natasha. For Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network, I wish you all a happy Passover and a blessed and happy Easter. And until I see you again on May the 1st, be blessed and be well. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.